The Caliendo Cast with Frank Caliendo, John Holmberg, Scott Long, and the rest of the Caliendo crew. Informing you, entertaining you, changing your life forever. It's the most important podcast in the history of Western civilization. It's good enough. Wait a second. So, hold on. So I've started the podcast. We got the Smash oh, Brothers coming up. Oh. No, I just, I've started it in the middle of your story. So, you, Nicolas Cage called into the radio. Was on our show. show. And I always do an over the top impression of Nicolas Cage. Is it? Possible no. to be over the top. I didn't know his conversational over the top Nicholas Cage because I always go, "It's great to have you here, baby girl." Everybody's baby girl. It's like, "Oh, great, baby girl." We'll be back in a second, baby girl. And then so I just, it's just, it became this growly, weird, not even Nicholas Cage thing. Right. So he called up for uh, uh, what was that fire motorcycle guy? Uh, he's a uh, motorcycle guy was on fire all the time. <laughs> Fire's, fire motorcycle fire guy. Fire motorcycle guy. motorcycle guy on Why fire all the time. Why can't I think of I it? Menti, you can chime in. You're not on the air. With, it's Ghost, Ghost Rider. Rider 2. Son of a bitch. So it's Ghost Rider 2. Ghost Rider Ghost Rider, baby girl. We're going to be on the bike again. Light me up. So he calls, and I'm like, all right, Nicholas Cage is on the phone. Uh, how you doing? And uh, he just goes, I'm great. Thank you for having me on your show. <laughs> And we all stop. Like the, there's an, a, a pause of about three seconds where we're all looking at each other, going, "Somebody's doing my shit impression of him, doing my impression." And then the longer it went on, the more I'm like, "That's just how he talks. Like that's real." But I remember him. you talking about how you could hear him taking puffs of a cigarette. Oh, he was smoking the whole time. <laughs> so, <clears throat> and then I made him call me baby girl the whole time just to round it out. Do me a favor, yeah. baby girl. <laughs> baby girl, you'll always be. My baby girl. That I have a clip of him saying that to me. Yours is getting so it's getting, it's getting so, so deep and deep and raspy. And, well, that's what he was doing, and so I started to do it off of that. It's the only impression off of that phone call. I have actually swallowed yeah. an ashtray. I've been smoking all day. You cannot destroy the man of steel. I light myself on fire. <laughs> I am an actual <laughs> ghost rider. <laughs> wow, fire's hot. So this show is actually supposed to be about the Smash Brothers. Okay. Huge Nicolas Cage fans. Huge. They huge. Huge. Love everything. Hold I've on, ever. let's morph. Huge, 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 tremendously. <laughs> I'm the ghost rider. I'm riding in the mirror dimension right now. I would do that movie. I would I would be in Ghost Rider starring you. I'll be in anything. I'll do your home movies if you want. You know what? Forgive his taxes. He's had tax problems. Let them go. Perfect. I can keep my castle. So in this interview, which we I, I recorded a while ago, you could without it. You had no you. interest in being here. I've been with the Smash Brothers in, in social settings. <laughs> I don't need to be around them professionally. Um, no, you've had them on your show a whole bunch. It, yeah. it, your schedule is just so amazingly tough. <laughs> it's I know it's easy. hard to get here, <laughs> right. but uh, it it's a really fun and different kind of interview. I 
I didn't expect it. I felt like Dr. Phil. I don't know if I say that in the interview because oh. I haven't listened back, but they start going into some things about their childhood that they said they'd never even talked about before. It was one of the- Yeah, they've got a lot of little rabbit holes you can get into about Crazy. when they were kids. It's they're they're it's unlike any other background I've ever heard in my And we life. always talk about this with twins. You think they all live together <laughs> in a tree. <laughs> Making cookies. Making cookies. And it turns out these guys actually do. Yep. They actually live. And one actually does kind of live in a tree because when they're not doing comedy, uh, when they go broke, one trims palm trees in uh, Palm Springs. Well, that's that's the right place. I know. Palm Springs. That's where you go to trim them. So this is Corey When you're a young Jewish boy. That's their two Jewish boys and one trims palm trees. And I think the other one still sells cocaine. You'll find out in the interview. No, I don't think you find that part out. Oh, okay. Well, no, um, you do find exclusive. out. You do find out that they. I'm not. You know what? Yeah, I was gonna spoil it. it. Don't be a spoiler. Don't be a spoiler like we did for Ghost Rider Three, yeah. <laughs> where I'm starring as the number one. Look at me. I'm turning into a skeleton. Ghost Rider Three, extinguish me, baby girl. <laughs> In theaters Friday. Corey and Chad. I have no idea which is which. Still, yeah. you. Uh, Chad's the one I text with. Me too. <laughs> That's it. But I don't know what he looks like. You would know if you went to a bar with him because Corey is the one. No, wait. Chad's the you one. Don't I don't. Chad's the one that will literally try to have sex with everyone in the bar and married or otherwise. He is the most violent uh, like pickup artist I've ever seen in my life. I asked, the, mean, I asked the waitress mean, for a soda. You mean violent in terms of just with everyone? Physical just- violence. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just so aggressive. I literally asked the, the waitress for a, a Diet Coke. And he goes, what the hell? And I'm like, I just need it. He goes, well, dude, you totally interrupted me. And I'm like, she's the help. <laughs> she's supposed to get us stuff. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm not allowed to talk to her. And so, yeah. we you I used was, me as a conduit. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I was right in the middle of something. And I'm like, I was, she's, I don't know what, I don't know Did what to do. Did you see this yeah. happening? Dude, she, can't you read that? You don't C-blocker. know? You see block me. Oh. Yeah, no, some of their story. I'm sure I didn't. I haven't heard this, but I'm curious about the interview. So, it's, I'm sure it's been interesting. It's that's a, that's it was surreal, dynamic. and I I felt I've never felt so much like Doctor Phil. Like, yeah. what were you thinking as a ten year old <laughs> calling the police? <laughs> Enjoy it. Yeah, it's fun. We should keep that pause in there. It's <laughs> like we had nothing to say after. Oh, no, we haven't started the interview with them yet. This <laughs> okay. is this is still it. No, this is still part of <laughs> production element. Yeah. No, I was I going no, I was, was going really to, dramatic. but I hadn't pressed stop yet. So I feel like. We just keep doing Keep yeah. that in there then. It's like a Lovitz interview. <laughs> That's hilarious. Now it's even better. Yeah. Do it again. Right. Perfect time right there to start it. I yeah. Say. There it is. Go. That's it. Boom. Roll it. Nope, not yet. <laughs> Just wasting people's time. This is Toledo trying to figure out <laughs> when the interview starts. I, I didn't know. Because you're jerking around the whole time. Still not time Want to start. Want another Smash Brothers story while we're pausing? Yeah. Uh, Ralphie May is who they used to open with all the time. All oh, right, right. Right, so they were Ralphie's buddy. So uh, they were un- they're still unknown. But yeah, I like really that you use them in the singular. They were Ralphie's buddy. <laughs> well, because like, we don't know which is what. They form Voltron, <laughs> and they're his They're pal. twins. They're of one egg. Split I into hear two. they live in a tree together. They do, and I've, I've, they're pretty good treat makers. Uh, but uh, Ralphie uh, let them, uh, in a f- club in Fort Lauderdale, 
you you remember Ralphie was pretty rough on club owners. Like he wasn't really great to them when they treated him just a little off. So uh, Ralphie's there and he's smoking weed and the club owner wanted to go home and he's sitting in the bar after the thing. It's like two in the morning and he calls uh, Casey, the club owner, and says, Ralphie won't go home. And he's like, give him whatever he wants. He goes, I'm not serving him beer. And he goes, dude, give him what he wants. This is going to get bad if you don't. And he goes, kitchen's closed. I'm not doing this. And he goes, your funeral. So Ralphie's like, uh, hey, player, why don't you go get us some pizzas? We got to have some pies and some food. And he goes, nope, not going to make any food. And he goes, oh, you're going to make me some food. <laughs> so my boys are hungry. Corey and Chad come around. They start ordering drinks. He goes, no drinks for those guys. are already drunk. He goes, oh. Oh, you're sadly mistaken. <laughs> Ralphie, <laughs> Ralphie ordered everything on the menu, called the club owner and said, if I don't get it, I'll never play here again or any of your other clubs. Casey had to call the manager back and said, make him everything. Ralphie sat there, smoked weed, and stared at the guy. And then the food arrived, one plate at a time. And Ralphie goes, I'm also going to need a garbage can. <laughs> and Corey and Chad are like, what's going on? Ralphie took every plate and pushed it into the trash as it arrived. Didn't no. touch any of the food. Stayed up until six in the morning. Now you can go home. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's Corey and Chad sat there just while Ralphie stared at the guy. Had no idea. And they didn't even get any food. Out, they can't figure out why they can't get work I know, anywhere now because they hung out with that guy. Yeah, now that he's dead, they can take could it you out. Could ever Chad. do something like that? To Never. Somebody? Ever. So what you're saying is Ralphie got what he deserved. Is that what you're saying? Ralphie's gone for a reason. I don't. I think it was murder. Like Epstein. <laughs> I think the Smash Brothers killed him. And you find that Both out. Both of them. Yep. Ex yeah, exactly. You find that out in the interview <laughs> coming up with Frank Kellyanda. Lots to reveal. And it rolls now. Or not. I got one more story. Yeah. I got one more story. So, <laughs> now, this is the interview. Roll it. Or else. I ate the garbage. Hot garbage. <laughs> I knew you weren't going to start it. You son of a bitch. He's got to have started the interview by now. <laughs> Please. It's such a good in It's over. Great interview. I think it's over by now. It's very good. It's not as good as me as Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Scott liked that one. I did. I like I Trump as Ghost Rider. Now this is a weird little, can't get out of it. No, we can. You're out, I no. hope. That's not my I will have. I'm going to have Toledo edit this down. Most of your story will be gone. <laughs> Just- Damn it, garbage can. Play Get the garbage can. Throw it in the garbage can. Hot it, garbage. Like, I don't want to say it, Frank, but if you cut that out of here, I'm done. We're never going to be friends. <laughs> Why? Why does you have Ralphie with a cold now? Ralphie always had a cold. Ralphie always had something going on. I, I know uh, Ralphie's guy that was like his tour manager for like six months because he had a tour manager. I'm not quite sure why. Tons but, of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I never was a fan of his standup. So, so you uh, killed him. No, no, he, I wouldn't want to even get close enough. Um, but then to hear that story about him, like he's some redneck king of the world. Oh, you uh, believe it. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, ugh. but I will say he's one of the sweetest people on the planet. I oh, think Ralphie was one of the nicest too. people. Honestly, I, I think he was pretty close to bipolar. Don't you? Think? Uh, a whole bunch close to bipolar. All right. You know what? Yeah. We got to get to the Smash Brothers interview. <laughs> now. And there we go. But Ralphie was Still bipolar. Not there. No, Still not there. Let's just talk at the same yeah. time talking about nothing. He had a toy bag. My toy bag, always used to carry around my little black bag of pills I called Whitney Houston because it was black and full of pills. 
<laughs> That's a true story, too. They had a bag of pills called Whitney Houston because it was black and full of pills. Jeez. And so they called it. It's not me. And I had to carry it once. It's me as Ralphie May as <laughs> the gone. Ghost Rider. I'm a firefly as hot garbage. Ghost Pepper Rider. I want some food. How can you have that spread here? <laughs> Why you said there's? Oh, Why no, you oh no no no! I know where, what it is. I know what it is. is. It's a fat Albert in the cosmos. Where is it? Oh, I thought the same thing. Yes. Yeah. That's it? exactly it's what it was. Fat it's Albert be- and uh, it's become. It? But when I used to have him at the house, it's like Russell. He would yeah, sit Russell. on the couch all day. Going, hey, Albert. I, he stayed at my house once, and he walked through the kitchen at three in the morning, and I heard in underwear, <laughs> and I just hear that. And I'm like, "What is going on?" So I get up, I'm like, "You all right? You got anything to eat in here? What is going on?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I just I don't know, Cheez-Its, fat-free Cheez-Its. That's it. Jesus Christ! I just picture Godzilla <laughs> stomping on cars." <laughs> Oh, man, I'll have your Cheez-Its. And or they just took my box of Cheez-Its back to the room and went to sleep. I see. You know I'll what it is? Cheese. Here's what I see. I see uh, Ralphie stomping through. <laughs> 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 that one step was a little too fast. <laughs> he tripped. Hi, flyer. Flyer, come on, flyer. Ah, we're oh. in trouble. Uh, Ralphie is back. He loved you. Right. He did? Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. That Frank Caliendo's funny. <laughs> I like him. Well, you know who's really great, Ralphie? Who's that? The Smash Brothers. I've heard. Let's get to their interview. Get to them twist, a little Jew boy. We're done. All right, we are titling this episode The Road Warriors uh, because Corey and Chad, I don't even know if you guys have a last name. Is there? It's Baumgartner, but we, it just- It's too hard to say, so we just go by The Smash Brothers. Is it, it, and I don't know which of you is Corey and which is Chad. I really don't. Corey, Chad. I'll forget that by the end. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't, I, and it's not hard to tell the difference no. between the two of you, I don't think. Uh, some people have trouble, but no, for the most part- Now that he has a full beard, you, know, you guys can figure it out. Well, you, you, you're a little Greg the Anvil Neidhart. Yeah. A little bit of that, and yeah. you're like Greg the Anvil. Nightheart's a librarian. Exactly. Yeah, like a little cleaned up. <laughs> is that? I guess. Is that just because you haven't had as much sleep? And it, so you guys started out. You guys do like it's stand up comedy, but it's I don't know why it is. Maybe you can tell me. Twins seem to be able to do this dual stand up comedy. Yeah, I think because the chemistry is already there, uh, like a regular duo act, if you and I were to team up and put something together, I just think it's a little bit difficult to put the chemistry together. With a duo or a twins, it's automatic. It was, and it's been like that your entire lives? Oh, we did, yeah. Besides that, we did drama. We were in plays. We always were acting and doing things together. So for our whole lives, we've been doing stuff together. But even even outside of that, so it's you have the twin thing where – you 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 guys do it. You do a weird thing where you check with each other. Uh, who's the do- is there a dominant? Like Chad's way aggressive and I'm passive. So and because you're the one, I, I, I I'm telling you, I get mixed up because one, I'm not completely sane, and uh, two, I'm just completely disorganized. But you always check with him. You'll say you'll ask a question. The more I'm around you guys, you'll be like, "Well, you you, you think that right?" And then you, yeah, you let him know what the truth is. Yeah, that's how it goes. I'm the boss usually. <laughs> 
uh, but but I guess it's been that way our whole life. Like you know, even when we got in trouble, I'm like, "Do you think we're in trouble?" He's like, "I think we're in trouble." Like we, we've done it our whole life. Or I was more of the voice of reason, uh, you know. And I I think I double check with him a lot because I think differently than he does, and I, I just want to see. I'm gauging where he's at. Are you a devil and an angel on the shoulders? Yeah, Chad's always. Well, he has more to lose. He has kids, and you know, I don't. He has alimony. I don't. You know what I mean? So, you know, my life's completely different than Corey's life. So he has to rein me in because I don't have to go home. I can live on the road and do things like this with you every single day. He and has that's to go. The thing. Home. You know, I'm. I do. I have responsibilities. I have two daughters. I have school. I'm the room dad at her school. So the room dad. Yeah, I love. Can it. you imagine that? He's the room dad. And he no. goes there and helps grade papers. No, what? You know what? I can't imagine it. What I can't imagine is you being exactly. The room dad. That's exactly. that's the, what I think. Yeah, I would right. have. Uh, I would struggle with. Yeah. Um. So. You guys started out around the Ontario area. That's where you guys began. Ontario, California. Yeah, California. Yeah, we started around there around 2004. And uh, uh, we were messing around in a Starbucks. And this guy asked us, what do you, you guys are so funny. What do you do? And we said, we're stand-up comedians. He goes, you want to do a tight five tonight? And we had no idea what that meant. And we said yes. And we just went to some show and opened for a comedian. We couldn't even tell you who. And, and we bombed. And we bombed hard. But we had 100 people there. And we've been doing it ever since. So you go up and what do you do? You didn't oh, know. You, you, did you, you? The first time I ever got in front of the, the lights on me, I just blanked. I was like, I, I just went quiet for a few seconds at a comedy club because I wasn't prepared for the lights to be on me. I yeah. didn't. I did. I didn't have that. Now you guys had done some drama and stuff like sure. that before. Yeah. So the it wasn't so much like the lights and the and and all that. It was more of the material and the reaction and the silence that we got. We we talk about the silence. It was it was deafening. We bombed. Yeah, because you don't you, – what you go out, you think you're going to be funny. The problem with when the first time you try to do stand-up comedy, you think you're going to be funny. Mm-hmm. And then when they don't laugh, you're like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. This always works. The, for my entire life, when I was being funny and I didn't have to be funny, mm-hmm. people are going, uh, you guys are hilarious. But when they're saying, now it's your time to make me laugh and you don't do it, you're like, I, I don't know. And then they start to – and then there starts to become this – you know, almost an animosity between the audience and you like, hey, we're here to laugh and you're not making that happen. What's your problem? Yeah. And, and that was our thing. And we froze up. I remember us freezing up. We didn't know, didn't have a go to joke. And uh, but it, it 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 dug deep inside of us to where we're like, you know what, we better if we're going to do this, which we thought we were already making it because we were at the improv our first time. It was very humbling experience, but we started hitting coffee shops. We started hitting anywhere. There was an open mic and try to take it over uh, our acts a little aggressive on stage. And so we would try to, uh, take over the environment, but we bombed a bunch of times in the beginning. So, so what does the Ontario, the people in the Ontario it, that was at the Ontario, mm-hmm. what did they say to you after you go, you go and you bomb? They're like, eh, oh, they said, go uh, practice. Yes, yeah, and then they basically. said we have an open mic on so and so night, and please cut back the f word. I think you said it 150 times in five minutes. Yeah, and we don't want that. And so we didn't even know back then. This is early. We didn't record our set. So then we actually had to sit down and go. All right, I say this, you say that. We actually had to build structure. There's actually work behind this, which we had no idea. And not talking over each other. So we have we built hand signals and little gestures when we're on stage to where we kind of bump into each other. I may touch him on his shoulder and that tells him, uh, let's back up, grab my elbow. Or if I don't see the light, he can touch me behind my neck. I know that we got the light. So you sit down and develop those signals together. You're like Ralphie actually helped us. with Ralphie may. Yeah. Ralphie may help us with that because he goes, listen, you guys are being aggressive. You're talking over each other. He goes, you guys need to figure out a way. So figure 
weird out because we were living on a tour bus and he goes try this and then he gave us a couple like squeeze the elbow and he goes you guys can talk without talking they can hear you when you guys talk you know it's like a magician he goes they don't tell you how the you know the magic's done after that we just started practicing it practicing it and now we don't talk i mean we do talk to each other but we can talk to each other without physically saying a word so, wow! Now I I had the the Sklar brothers in here, and I did I didn't see them doing any of that, or, and I've seen them on stage, and I didn't notice it either. They may be doing that. They may be. We just thought that we should create something to where we wouldn't have to like drop the mics and and whisper to each other during an applause break or something. We just figured we better kind of like baseball that we would send signals to each other, and that's exactly what I was thinking. I, that's how. Like, do you have an indicator? Like, well, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Ear, well, let the you bump know. in, the bump in. If we bump into each other, or the strong firm hold means back out of the bit. I mean, oh, that, really? That's our yeah. So yeah, and 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 there's several. I think there's about ten or twelve of them. Uh, uh, little signals that we can talk to each other, or you know, oh my God, this is going great. Let me say, let me in, so I can say this. There's a ton of them. So, but it took a long time. I bet that took seven years to get that down. And so you guys are on the road right now. Yep. Yep. Uh, and you, Corey, Chad, Chad, <laughs> Corey, you. Uh, Chad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's not, and it's not because you guys, you guys don't look that much alike. I agree. Are you fraternal or identical? We're identical. We're mirror twins. He's okay. left-handed. I'm right-handed. Oh, really? Yeah, we're we're uh, identical mirror twins, which is... Is that a term that you made up or is that real? No, that's a real um, thing. Like, my wallet's in my left pocket. Mine's in my right. Yeah, he so. wears a watch on his right. I wear mine on my left. Yeah, we're the polar opposites. Well, I, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, there's a whole twin mafia thing. We, we, <laughs> you we guys get, get on a chat, a group chat? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a message board, yeah, Pinterest? Yep. It's in Minneapolis. We can't really talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Bilderberg? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty much it. We can't really tell you much more than that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, the twin Luminati, is that what Pretty it much. So tell us a little bit about um, – because most of the people I've had uh, on the podcast so far, well, I ran into you guys uh, at Holmberg's. Uh, um, oh yeah, uh, Christmas thing. The Christmas, the the happy endings uh, uh, charity event at the end of the year. Yeah, that, at the celebrity uh, theater, that the, the celebrity theater in Phoenix. And uh, I don't. I'm back there. I'm not usually paying attention to anything. But you guys were cool guys, and yeah. and that. And um, but one of the things that. I don't watch a lot of comedy, and I usually talk, tell this to people. The reason I don't watch a lot of comedy is because I end up talking like the people mm-hmm. that I, if I work with Dave Attell, hmm, yeah, by the end of the week, <laughs> week yeah. I'm doing a bunch of this, see this. If I were, if, you know, if I'm watching you, I'm probably grabbing people's elbows and yeah, pulling and, them in and telling them, you know, yeah. this means uh, we're, we're backing out of the bit. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you guys, when you told me, Chad, mm-hmm. good. Good. Uh, I was terrible at memory too. That's okay. I just, <laughs> banana, strawberry. <laughs> yeah. These are no. Right. So you drove in. You guys drove in together. Yeah. Yeah. And like the like like and I keep, the only reason I'm going back to the Scalar Brothers because I had them on the show. People have this this um, thought that you guys live together in the same tree. Mm-hmm. That you guys bunk beds together. Yes. Yeah. Everything. And it, that happens for you as well. Yeah, people all the time think, well, we do have a, a, a room in each other's house, but he has kids now, so I'm not there, and I'm a drinker, and he's not. So, you know, there's issues with that. But everyone thinks that to this day we still live with each other, 
hold hands, walk to school together, the whole deal. That's people really do think. <laughs> I'm with him. No, I'm with him shirt. Yes. Exactly. Thing yeah. one, thing two, the whole deal. So you <laughs> get the wigs. <laughs> yeah. So you drove in uh, because this I, this I find fascinating because it's been a while since I've lived this life. Mm-hmm. And I remember doing some of it. But when you were telling me how you got here, you left California. We're in Arizona right now. Mm-hmm. You left California. Did you have a show last night? No, we picked up uh, some beer for uh, the show. So talk about that for a second. You guys have uh, your own. Beer. We have our own um, um, hazy IPA called the Two Headed Monster IPA. So we stopped by the brewery. We Tempe Improv made a purchase from us, so we can sell beer during our show. So most comedians sell T-shirts. We actually sell a beer during the show, and it's a craft beer. So we picked that up, and we started at nine o'clock last night. We drove all night until three in the morning. We got to the radio station for press, and if you if you're not a comedian. Every every town we go to, we do radio, and we slept in the parking lot from three a.m. Three a.m. to, to six. six ten. Woke up at six ten. Did press from six thirty to about eight thirty. Next time, let me know because I you can see I have a room. Yeah, well, yeah. I know. I, I don't only know why. Charge one hundred and fifty bucks an hour. Yeah, plus deposit. <laughs> That's tax included. Okay, resort fee for the pool. Um, yeah, so. So you're you're sleeping in parking lots. Yes, uh, I slept three hours in two, in almost two days now. Wow, you ever get? I remember falling asleep at the. I was driving like from Appleton back to Milwaukee mm-hmm. at the wheel, and I, I mean, as a as a brother, do you have one hand on the wheel each? Well, last, well we have a rule that we always because uh, we've been in a major car accident oh. traveling um, um, because of sleep deprivation. Uh, not us. A guy behind us. We're actually coming to um, the Sklar Brothers. It was the Sklar they, Brothers. They were setting us up, and some guy hit us from behind. He was going a hundred something miles an hour. He hit us, and uh, the other people didn't live. We we're the only ones that survived that car accident. So we have a rule: no, oh, no, one person doesn't sleep. We're always awake together because we're like you said, we're we're road warriors. Well, we're in this together, and so. you really do kind of look like axe and smash i know yeah. we love that so it's much well, we're the last few fans. hours chad uh thankfully in arizona you guys have rest areas about every 20 30 miles on the interstate so we pulled off at like three different rest drops walked around because we were exhausted last night got some fresh air and drank a couple waters then got back in the car drove another hour got off rested up so it was a little taxing in the middle of the night last night and that that was what six hours to get out here. Yeah, yeah, with Plus, stops, oh, with you know, with you know seven whatever, and then um, yeah, so we finally got to the the press, and then um, we had to wait for check in. So you know we can't just check in. So yeah, we've been up since uh, six a.m., but we we went to bed at three a.m. And are you doing this all the time? Do you fly anywhere? We do. Anywhere not on the West So coast. since we live in Southern California, we try to drive to the West Coast, Arizona, Oregon. If we can drive to those, we will. Because being a duo act, uh, our cost is, well, double. There's two flights. There's you know We do take advantage of the rental car. But as a gig starts out, if it's in Florida, like the last time we seen you in West Palm Beach, we're already in the hole, say, 1200 1500 from two flights, the room, the blah, blah, blah. So we do try to cut costs as a duo act uh, to – so there's some sort of uh, net profit at the end. Right. And you, you – will you share a room? Will we you, do. Yeah, you we will do. Share the room. Sometimes our contract, they give us two, and but we do share a room. We're sharing one tonight. Yeah, we're sharing one tonight. Yeah, double beds tonight. So, so if we, my mom was in town, I'd get you guys a – Yeah. yeah no, well, we, okay. we always uh, – we try to share rooms. That way we could save, you know, if it's – Right, no, no. But, I mean, do you, do you hang out? Uh, I don't know – 
I remember going and sleeping at people's houses, mm-hmm. and you you have friends in the road. You you go hang out there. Um, Sometimes maybe a feel, triplet nobody knows about. Yeah, we yeah. don't want to be a burden on anybody, so I don't think we ask as much. And people, you know, people like yourself will offer, and, and we'll never really take you up on it because we don't want. Well, to I don't be mean a it. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Trying to be Here yeah, empty uh, promises like our dad. <laughs> <laughs> but we really don't. We can get into that. Yeah, we can. <laughs> whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> But we really don't take people up on it, and it's just part of it. We're so used to it now, going on 16 years of of traveling around that we're we're used to it. I think. But but being together, like the whole way here, we listen to our last seven hours or so, our last seven sets, and then we figure out what we're going to talk about. And this, you know, because as you know, what Phoenix thinks is funny isn't what Baltimore, what which Houston. Is. See, I don't. I just do the same crap. Yeah. Well, well I used to. Yeah, we change ours. We, we change ours. really. Yeah. Yeah. So not we, the whole set, but we try to change. I don't know, say there's 30 minutes of standard material, then the other 20, 25 minutes we do try to adapt. Cater it to that town. Something locally. Yeah. Yes, like we were just in Arkansas. We did Ralphie Mae's hometown, so we talked about it, how like it was a dry county. And And Tyson Chicken and Walmart are the biggest employers. And and people were riding ostriches, we're not exaggerating, and donkeys (laughs) to the show and tying them up out front. And we could not believe it. So we just catered the 30 minutes to them. That's what got them on our side. Then we can pretty much say what we want after because that. Because people don't know you as much when you get there. Do you, have, do you have some of an audience that you feel you've built so far? Or is it mostly do you feel like, hey, we're the attraction at the comedy club. Hopefully the club does enough to sell us some tickets. Or where are you, you at? I think you hit it dead on. I think it's a mixture of both of those things. So I let's just say 40% uh, – possibly know who we are the other 60 we're winning over so to us if we're winning over the majority of the crowd which is beneficial to us we we thrive like when we did the celebrity theater they weren't there to see my brother and i they were there to see ralphie may and brad williams we happen to be the first opening act so that was great for us because we went out there did our 20 minutes and we won over the people who may not have uh, known. Well, you'll get some of that just by being on the big, and there aren't many left anymore. The big radio stations, yeah, like right. Holmberg's, uh, and and a few around the country, you'll gain some of that audience. People will come in because they'll become fans off of what you do in the in the morning on the the radio or afternoon or whenever they hear you. But uh, comedy clubs, that's an that's a big difference between comedy clubs and theaters, where theaters. Are you? They're all pretty much there to see you. Maybe a mm-hmm. PAC, they might not be because it's a subscription, and they're like, "Ooh, they, there's uh, twins doing comedy. I've always wanted to see that." Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I and I'm just saying that because I didn't want to use myself as the impression example. But that'll happen for me too, where people will be like, "I want to see an impressionist," mm-hmm. but I'm not like the impressionist of the '60s and '70s. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they'll see me and be like, "That's not what I expected. This guy's right. weird." And you know, he's not doing the standard uh, Jimmy Stewart and stuff from my childhood, very vaudevillian. Right. So uh, another thing you guys we were talking about a little bit was. That you well you have in terms of hobbies you guys because you're so different and opposites the mirror twins that I just learned about mm-hmm. hobbies are different or hobbies are totally I have a little mini farm I have tort- I I raise tortoises and rabbits and agriculture where I live I'm more structured this guy is uh, is completely fly by the seat of his pants he has no plans when we're off tour I have tons of plans I'm I'm doing dad stuff sports and. But the one thing we share is we're big barbecue. We have smokers at both of our house, and we you look like guys who would like have we barbecue. Like like last weekend, we made probably 
40 pounds of meat, and there was just me, him, and his daughter. So, you know. <laughs> See, you look like guys with smokers, but you look like the guy who'd print out the menu, too. Yeah, totally. No, and he made side dishes. Corey, he made uh, smoked macaroni and cheese and all this. I bake, and, you know. Um, he made cookies for us. I have a little bit of a mini uh, grape uh, vineyard, and we dried uh, raisins this year. So we were, Chad comes over, and he's making fun of me because I had probably, I don't know, 50, 60 pounds of grapes, and we were cleaning them and prepping them for sun-dried uh, raisins. And this guy's like just talking about all the wonderful bachelor things he's doing, and, and he's watching me you know, with my daughters. Uh, well, at my house, we're not drying raisins. I can tell you that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to hear anything more about bachelor. <laughs> so the, any, more, any more bachelor? Like, all the time I spent with Jeff Dye and all the great things he's doing in oh, life. Oh, we know. Don't even Just get it started. Stop it, Captain Handsome. Uh, yeah. So we, handsome. Save some for the rest of us. I tell him all the time. Yeah. Well, I, I don't, that, I'm married, so I've got, I've got everything I've ever wanted. But <laughs> but it just to flaunt that independence yeah. and carefree and like listen I love my kids but it's like holy cow I got to go back and make sure my kids are getting to school I got to make sure that's this stuff's in, and you have this that's a, a difference for you we talked a little bit about sports and so you guys are would call consider yourself sports fans, but not fanatics. Yeah, like um, like we don't follow basketball and baseball as much. Like I like Notre Dame, um, college, and I like the Forty ers for pro. And he likes the Miami Dolphins, so he's had a horrible childhood. And you know, um, Miami's never done anything for him since Dan Reno. You know, ruined that. But what? But after that. But so I just give him a hard time because I've been a super, my team's been a Super Bowls and this guy's had the same. Uh, he has two jerseys. He has Dan Marino and he has Ricky Williams, uh, <laughs> um, jerseys and, and I have tons of winning jerseys. He and he doesn't. So, <laughs> um, and so we've been going through that and I just teased him our whole life. So yeah, his season so far isn't going good. So where, uh, the, the 49ers make sense, California. What's the Dolphins? Cause when we were kids, they played in the Super Bowl. I think when we were seven, we were, we're 42. Four, eighty four, yeah. That first so you Super Bowl. you guys saw a Super Bowl and div- divvied up on who got right which then team. and there. Uh, right then, our we're mirror had, twins. We've yeah, got a- Chad chose the Niners, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to go for as youth. We weren't ag- agreeable as we are now. So I was like, yeah, I'll take the Dolphins. And boy, that was a, a sore day for me. These guys dominated and 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 won it really. Yeah, it's been great. And he's been rubbing it oh, in ever gosh, since. This guy's sounds like that's the one time where he was just pushing your buttons and I could see you going, come on. Come well, he even told me because he doesn't get to watch football. So I called him on Sunday. I go, I think your whole team is up for trade. And I'm telling him all this <laughs> stuff. He's like, oh, I'm braiding hair. <laughs> I'm braiding hair. You know, because you were. That's what you said. He goes, I'm braiding hair. And Lily, I'm painting her toenails. I'm like, oh, not me. I'm on my third tall can. I'm going see you later. And I just hang up and I go back to having fun life. You know? <laughs> That's fun. There is fun in painting toenails. It's not the kind of fun you think of. Yeah, I know. It's the kind of fun you have to force yourself to have. Yeah, but he's spending time with his daughters. Like, well, yeah, he awful. comes over. He's all, hey, do you have any, do you have any uh, water or anything? I'm like, I'm a father. I got fruit. I got vegetables. I, so that's the difference between my house and his house. You open up his refrigerator. It's TV dinners and, and, uh, and alcohol. You open up mine. I'm a typical household. So this guy was- Like, I didn't even know that cookies come in little- bags like he had little bags that have like three cookies in them i had no idea that was a thing oh you didn't know about that like that's so you can put them in lunches yeah I, he made well before we left that's what he was doing so before we left he's making his kids lunches and he put them in the fridge and wrote names on it i'm like i just reach in and grab a burrito you know and throw it in the microwave like our lives are so different yeah that's that's one of those things that people don't get 
when you're a parent, it changes all the priorities, everything. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing that you guys – I mean it's obvious because you're brothers, you make it work. But it's just such a different – I wouldn't call it you know, the odd couple, but there is a, a little p- – I guess it kind of is that. I mean do you – on stage, because I have not seen you guys yet uh, or really – Paid that, you know. I, I've seen you a little bit, but like I said, I try not to watch too many comedians because sure, yeah. I end up ruining it for myself. But or or um, I just don't. Uh, Jonathan Katz, you know, Doctor Katz, professional therapist, and he had that show on Comedy Central years and years ago, the animated show. And I saw an interview after that where he said, "Don't watch other comedians because then you'll never be as original." When we're kids, we watch all yeah. the same types of comedians and you get influenced. But then at a certain point you kind of have to turn off. Like I, I talked to Dana Carvey and I'm like, listen, I, if, if I don't see you, Robin Williams and a couple other people, I don't know if I become a comedian, but later as I'm a comedian, as, as I become a comedian or start working the road or even open mics, I don't want to see the comedians anymore because there's no way to not be influenced by people that, make something work, whether it's a, a trigger word or they'll say something about your family. And then you're like, oh, I was going to talk about that same thing. And then you're like, now can I? Because I don't want to be accused of watching. A, so I just try not to watch anybody because I don't want to have any of that. Oh, we, that's why we purposely don't watch other duo acts. And maybe, I don't know, that's kind of weird. Cause who are the other duo acts? I know, there's uh, The Sklar brothers, the Lucas brothers. Um, who are the Lucas brothers? There are these two uh, brothers. I think they're from New York. Yeah, they're twins as well. They're twins. They're brothers, really identical. They look a lot more alike. But they're way more calm than us, and they, they talk kind of monotone, you know, and they dress alike. We don't dress They're dry. Alike. They're more Yeah. Dry. You guys are animated. And- Very. We move around. We actually include the audience. We're more high energy. Body so, slam. Yeah, yeah. If that's what it takes. We take a heckler. We hit him with a chair or whatever it takes. <laughs> Steel chair case. Steel chair. Yeah. Um, but, but there's about a four. Paul Mooney has um, twin sons that- um, That used to do stand. I'm not sure if they still do but we've done a handful of shows with them over the years but yeah there's not many wait a second duo acts on the same show yeah that's happened that's Uh, weird yeah we just judged roast battle with the scars but we didn't perform with them but it was odd we saw a picture of it and it's uh it's uh the scar brothers joe rogan and then me and my brother so it just looks like just a a crazy panel of people that all look the same you know bald head for us three and uh, it was crazy um i would think that would be weird because it's when you guys do uh the your act, it's going to be a little bit of a right brain, left brain kind of I start, you finish this, yep. go back and forth. I I once had somebody who does impressions open for me and it was the worst. I'm like, I put in my contract. I'm like, well, now I bring somebody. But for a while, when, when I didn't have the money to bring somebody with me, I would say no impressions because it's like being I, – I, I liken it to being the second, impre- uh, the second ventriloquist because the first guy goes up and makes the puppet talk. Mm-hmm. He's, even though he's not doing the same exact jokes, some of them are going to cross over. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's just that same type of humor. The, what's good about a comedy show with multiple acts is the diversity and how people get the laughs are very different. Uh, 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 clubs have done that to us. You know, we, before we were more of a blue act, and, and they would try to find the dirtiest local guy because we don't take anybody with us. So whatever town we're in, we use the local. So they would find the dirtiest because they go, oh, these guys are on that Dice special because, you know, we're on the blue show with Dice. Oh, they're, they're, they're filthy. So they would book all these filthy people. The, the host was filthy. The opener's filthy. So by, by the way, time we got up there, any thing that if because we don't always want to laugh we make we get the reactions all reactions you know that we can get from the crowd it was already gone everything was gone right there's no shock or yeah there's nothing 
the, the you know thrown out an F word sure. like a comma to get you like, like some comedians will step forward. That's a late night thing. You step mm. forward, you throw out a swear word. It kind of tells you the next l- word is the joke, and it's, exactly it's just there. Sometimes a pause can work, but there's different ways to do it. But that that happens. A guy who opens for me, George Cantor, mm. uh, who looks like um, the buff Pete Carroll or a little Rick Flairish, mm-hmm. but. He used to open for Robert Schimmel, mm. and he's super clean. And the reason he opened for Schimmel was because on the road, clubs would book super dirty acts to open for Schimmel because he was filthy. Mm-hmm. But he didn't want that because it ruined what he was going to be doing. It yeah. took it all away. It's so, been happening to us for – well, now our, we got our own tour. It's been happening to us for about six months now. Um, like so tonight he made sure that they weren't too dirty before they come up before us tonight. And do you set that? Do you, do you send that out in advance? Do you let now we do now we do kind of like some of the stuff you and I talked about off air. It's like we've learned a lot now to where we're like the writers a little bit different. We're not you know asking for M and M's to be separated. We're just asking for a different kind of act before us. Two microphones. You I know that sounds crazy, but we show up to these comedy clubs. There's one mic. We can't pull it off with one mic. So the, the little mint. Many things I would say we request. Two stools, uh, two mics. Uh, sometimes they'll put up the dirtiest guy ever. Last month, where oh, I forgot, where, Florida, we were in uh, Tam- Tampa, and this guy was so filthy that by the time we got up there, I'm telling you, we, we worked hard for the first 20 minutes of our set. You know, miserably hard. So, but, but we've learned, you know, we learned, we, we rather have a, a, a female comic go up before us and she can say anything she wants and then we can do what we like. Why is that? Um, I don't know. We work with Eleanor Kerrigan. I don't know if you know her, but she's great. And it just seems like when we have a female comic, the crowd gets the best of both worlds. The ladies get to see, you know, an awesome female comic and then we get to pull off what we, what we do. But she can be as dirty and it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason it doesn't matter. I wonder what that's about. I, I, we don't know, but it's been working for us. Like we we just did the Spokane, whatever. We were in Eastern Washington. We had a girl comedian. She said crazy things, but when we came out, our act still went over smooth. Maybe because it, people are so. I mean, I think people. I, I, I don't want to say hang ups or whatever, but some people still judge. A, a, you know, a female comedian and go, I don't. Maybe I can't believe she's doing this. Yeah, that's, sure. that's where they're coming from. And then she, it's as dirty as. I'm trying to say this without – I get worried about political correctness all the time even though I just I, – we talked to Die and I, it always just makes me laugh when Jeff Die tells me that he got – he didn't get paid by a college because he said women were smaller than men. Men are larger than women and they oh. said you can't say that. He's like yeah. just check the science behind that. It doesn't even yeah. make sense. But so maybe it's got something to do with the pitch of the voice, high, a higher sure. voice. I, you know, you hear about actors in old time Hollywood or even probably today where they go and smoke to get their voice deeper and raspier. Yeah. And there's that, you know, you, you watch a, a leading man a lot of the time, the voice is down here, or even Morgan Freeman. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's that type of thing. And I've even been, I went on a show the other day, Rich Eisen, a uh, sports show, and I was just, I was like, I'm going to be doing my deep voice and practice because I, I noticed my voice keeps going up in here and I want it to go down here. And it's really because of Holmberg. We were doing uh, a, a podcast with, I think it was with Ronnie Chang, that he was in here and uh, Holmberg comes in with, hey, everybody, how's it going? And he goes, oh, the radio voice guy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he does. He always. And he's, I don't, he, it might be just where his voice naturally lies, but at the same time, you, I think there is something to that base mm-hmm. where I'm doing it right now. I'm forcing it as much as I can. 
But there's something about a, a bassy voice that makes that gives authority. No, I, I could agree with that. Like that, we had a, a girl who's open for us in another state. Her voice was so high pitched that it set the tone to where we were like. I remember Chad's like, "Hey, are you are you watching this?" So I peek out the curtain, and and she was destroying, and we really couldn't hear. It was just like real shrills and and high voices. But people do they manipulate their voice? And then she comes off, and it was a normal voice. So it was oh really? It was so she act. was putting that on. That was the act. It was yeah. like a character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that she was doing. Huh. Interesting. I wonder. I mean. Sometimes they, they, maybe she, was she playing like a dumbish type of character? Yeah, too? it was. So, and, um, playing the old, uh, I, I don't want to use uh, naive, naive and and uh, timid, and then she right. would do these outrageous uh, okay. acts. So it, so it lead you. The assumption was she was going to be soft and really nice, but she would say terrible. Oh, yes. I mean, that's a funny. That's a very funny yeah. way. Of and it worked, it and she killed. And I'm sure. Yeah, you could. You could probably an effeminate sounding male could do that too. Mm-hmm. It's like it sounds like they're gonna, or even a a high pitched guy voice. It sounds like a big guy goes out there with a high voice. Mm-hmm. It's just some kind of juxtaposition that makes you. The assumption is I'm planning for this person to be something, and then they're the opposite. That makes you laugh. Well, that's the same thing for us. We and a lot of times we'll say that if we're doing like the Irvine Improv, it's you know it's a higher economical area so they look at us right away like oh my gosh who are these guys from sons of anarchy like who are these guys and then you do very sa- sons sure, of anarchy we do. yeah we we auditioned we never got that very role. sons of anarchy e yeah. yeah but but people take that assumption and they judge us right away and and then by the end of the show they're like you guys were nothing like i expected and you know then we sell them you know ten dollar beer <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you guys we had talked about this off the air a little bit too which was i found interesting because and I talk about most – whenever there's comics in here, it interests me because I'm always fearful. I've been fearful a few times on this uh, podcast already of, hey, what can I say? I'm not trying to say something to offend somebody. I'm not saying something to shock somebody, annoy. I'm just trying to come from my own perspective and what I see and make an observation and be honest about it. But without saying something and, and then just talking around it almost too much and being scared. But you guys talked about more – you used to be dirtier. Way dirtier. Well, we were being encouraged. Like, we'll give you an example. The first special we did was with Ralphie May, and he, it was called the Filthy Animal Tour. And he would say, get rid of those jokes. You know, this is the dirtiest comedy tour I want. And the special that we're going to film at the time was for Showtime. They want it dirty. So then after that, we got another dirty special with Andrew Dice Clay. So then we were just so used, oh, we can say anything we want. And then slowly, um, we were with Ralph. Um, he used the, the R word, and we were being protested against. And I believe this was in Colorado, Corey. I I don't remember. And um, he got protested against. And Ralphie goes, I love when they protest because uh, we weren't sold out. And now people want to know why we're being protested. So now we're doing two shows at the theater. And he started telling us we need to watch what we say now because then um, uh, people were getting upset. So now we talk more. Now, when you talk about being, you were using non-PC terms. Yeah, he yeah uh, he should like, have said like developmentally disabled or something of that nature, and so he was using. Uh, right, but that's not you. You no. guys, so you you we guys were saying those, but you guys weren't as careful with the language as 
uh, and he said clean it up because for him he's out there and already known and that builds you You're but you it. can't beat the protest the protest is going to ki- is going to squash you yes it's going to help him build because he's already known yeah but for us it would be over for us because we don't have the steam that he has he was already on TV he's already he already has a tour bus you know and he his life was established but he's telling us we can end it before it gets started so what we did is at that point and then when the Me Too movement came through we were like we had some edgier stuff about sexual this and that and relationships we totally dumped that material and went into we better clean this up because just off uh, the way we look we look we get judged right away so we thought with appearance uh, that we would clean up our act clean up the nature of the material and it actually helped if we just stay off any type of dating or sexual or anything we're safe I think do you think it made you better writers then yeah, and the way we write is different than most comedians. We write on voice. Like, we do voice memo. We don't have a joke book, and we don't sit there. Um, he he records us auto, auto, audio. Uh, audio, and then we talk about it later. We build the joke that way. We, and we, we send can't voice sit there memos write. to each other on a premise, and then right. we punch it up to each other, and then send it back to each other. So everything's done audio off our phone. Why is that? Why is that? Just we don't know. We tried writing in a book and it sounds scripted. Like we sat up there and we're like, hey, we just look like robots. It has to come off. Like I like tonight, he knows the setup, but if I want to be the setup tonight, I'll just start the joke. And, and he I knows wait, the- you guys can switch. Totally. Yes. And we do oh, it. Oh, wow. Purpose. I didn't. Uh, and we do the- that. Sometimes we get bored with what's going on or he goes, I can finish the joke better than you. Yeah. Or Chad's uh, tone of voice. It sounded a little gruff or a little aggressive. So I go, let me try it tonight. When I tried it and I slowed it down and I did it a different way on delivery. He goes, oh, I see what you're talking about. But so you can almost you have the most of the whatever the scripted part is and you can just sway the pendulum. Yes. It's almost like push the fader Mm -hmm. to the side and go. We can. And that's where you use the keys to get into it. Yeah. He'll get mad sometimes if I do something that he likes to tell. If I do jump on it and I take that part of the bit. Believe me, I get an ear beating. Do you ever get in a fight because of that? Not physical. We're 42. It hurts now. But but, but (laughs) we do argue not at the club in our own free time in the car we will have heated discussions I'm that's like, a long ride sometimes. oh yeah oh it happened on the way here uh, <laughs> because he he uh we were listening to the set where we saw you in west palm and i said see i don't like how you close that way and then we started getting heated up and at the end he agreed with me he goes yeah you're right you do it better so that's just how it goes well, anytime you tell him that he's doing it better it ends the argument <laughs> so it's like being married. Yeah, yeah, we are married. Yeah. We are married to each other. So creepy. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. Yeah. That's why you have your own room at his house. I do. That, uh, own uh, with an air house. mattress. <laughs> yeah, come over and clean it. <laughs> you need to clean that room up. I will. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> so you guys will head. You guys are in Arizona tonight. Yeah. Uh, you do the show, and then you're headed to. We'll head back home for two days, and then we go to Northern uh, California, Old Town, Sacramento. There you go. So you go Sacramento. What day of the week? Uh, Wednesday, because we have press Thursday. So leave on Wednesday for Thursday morning press. And, and then the, Friday morning press. Who are you doing out there, by the way? What's uh, the, Laughs Unlimited and Old Town Sack. It's but who is the, who's the um, uh, – uh, by the time this airs, that will be going. Yeah. But, uh, so what what radio do you do out there? Oh, so Something it's all dogs. the Bay Area. So it, we're doing rock, rock station and oh. one hip-hop. We like popping in on the, on the rap uh, stations because they don't expect – us in there and we we know their culture pretty good and and all the songs and stuff so chad's like are you do you guys like rap is that yeah chad does i'm more rock chad's more rap and that's where we kind of yeah collide oh. 
Yeah. Like, you know, at our show, just, you know, an old school rap group, Digital Underground, came to our show. We went to the after party. No one knew. They're like, what are these guys hanging out with Digital Underground for? And next thing you know, they're rapping to a whole bar, the, the Humpty Dance, and the whole bar's going crazy. And we don't even look like we would know these guys. And it ended up being the greatest after party of all time. Do you run into a lot of... Uh big like famous acts and i think there was somebody else that you told me about that you were hanging out with i'm like gosh these guys yeah we we just did the comedy store and then we ran into too short which is a famous rapper and then uh, now we ended up becoming friends with him and we did his podcast like a month ago and yeah i guess it's people get a, not a, you know attracted to us because they're like oh man like he too short even said i didn't even he was there to see d ray davis he he wasn't there to see us he goes but you guys came out and i was like oh my god this is crazy and he sat through our whole set and now we're we're buds you know, it works out that way. Hmm. You know? Yeah, I, 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 that's so funny that even the music is different. Yeah. And then... Uh, totally. Chad's Chad's uh, aggressive in, in sports and everything. I'm way... I have all the patience for days. This guy hates I have so much patience, you know? All right. So you go to Sacramento. I'm just trying to go through a week sure. for people. So you go to Sacramento. What's the next day? Where do you go next? Uh, we're there for five shows. Oh, you're there for... Uh, yeah. So we're there, th- uh, you know... Friday's our first show, two shows. Saturday, two shows. Sunday, one show. Then literally, we're going to get in the car right after that show, drive all night back home because he needs to take his daughter to school by 7 a.m. so we don't sleep. So from Sunday, when we wake up Sunday, we won't sleep again until uh, Monday afternoon. And then Tuesday, we have an audition, so we got to get some sleep Monday because we have an audition. Okay, audition. You guys going together? Uh, this, this one, one I talked to Scalars about, too. So. Sometimes we do. So, well, Chad got a, a couple gigs without me, and my feelings were all hurt. You know? Really? Yeah. Yeah, my feelings. Well, I hooked him up. Well, I'll give you an example. We, what was this for? What was this? Um, the first one I got was before. This, this is an audition or you got the role? I, so the first time um, uh, we did Last Comic Standing, we got kicked off. Um, we met this producer and he goes, I'm going to put you on TV, but I just want Chad. And I'm like, what show? And he's like, I can't tell you. I go, well, I'm not doing it without my brother. So we ended up being on Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader with Jeff Foxworthy. This uh, the, is like the, in 2006. The first oh, I season. I saw that. The first season. And we got two questions away from a million. And um, huh. uh, we end up leaving with one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars, and and but the point of that is, I I said I wouldn't do it without my brother, and they're like, this might work, you know. We've never had two contestants at the same time. We ended up having higher ratings than when um, uh, I think it was the Nets or whatever were in the finals. We we had uh, not the Nets, uh, the Sixers. Uh, we we had the highest ratings, and then they Fox told us that's great. You guys are that, that was awesome because yeah, it's different. It, like there's a little there's a little. Something people haven't seen. It's I, I don't. I've never seen twins on a game show. I remember seeing you guys do, doing that and being like, and honest, my honest reaction was, this is weird. Yeah. I can't stop watching. Yeah, and another one. Chad got Captain Morgan in a can. Remember that in Europe, Chad lands a commercial. We both auditioned for it. They they were pumping us both up, and then they Chad got the call. And Chad's filming. Chad's getting paid. I'm like, hey, he didn't even tell me until after he shot. <laughs> no, because I don't want to split the money. So I'm like, I, <laughs> you don't even want to know that he existed. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even tell him that I came home. I go, I filmed it. He's like, what? Oh, so. I, and I, and I, to be honest, I was my feelings were hurt. Like uh, it took a while of like going trying not. And I don't know why my feelings were hurt. I believe me, I didn't get paid a lot. So calm down. I mean, but my feelings were hurt that they called him. The whole audition process was a duo act and all this, and this guy oh, got it was. a gig. So. Well, see, here's the thing. It would be even worse if he got the job with somebody else's oh, brother. Oh, my gosh. Like I, if they split a couple yeah. pairs of twins. And said, <laughs> well, together, you guys, I don't yeah. see it so much. Like you but. and Randy got it. Like, you know, hey, Simon, it. I'm ready. Randy, call me. <laughs> <laughs> you will go. You'll be like, my I brother's got to make uh, sandwiches. Yeah, I don't yeah. have to do that. I can be gone forever. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Horrible. 
But see, you could, I can't even see you doing that. I, no, I would tell him I'm so forthcoming and and and, and nice and, and a, such a nice person. Totally, and the total opposite again. Of oh your- yeah, well, I, it's the way we were raised. You know, when when we were kids, and and this is the 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 sad part of this podcast is <laughs> when we were ten years old, the judge actually separated us and sent me with my dad During and him with divorce. my mom, and they separated identical twins. So really? we got raised differently for a few years. Like I got raised by a crazy biker. He was raised with a mom that gave him love and sandwiches and hugs and food, and I didn't have any of that. Love so, and food. Yeah, I didn't have food. He got braces. I don't even know what that's about. But yeah, no, the court did separate us to where it was It was uh, surprising. Like when we didn't go to school the very next day together and Chad moved 30 miles away, it, it was one of those things where it kind of felt like a mini divorce for ourselves. Like my best friend in my fat shadow wasn't uh, right next to me. So it was one of those things where uh, it was odd. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Chat. Whatever. <laughs> it was one of those things, though. It was odd uh, for fifth grade, sixth grade, not having each other together. That is, that's so nature versus nurture there because it's it's so funny for the nurturing part because I do see that with. I mean, even looking at you now, even if you took the beard away, there's there's just a different feel of calmness, and it's almost uh, yeah, it's time to read a book. In a, yeah. And your yours is like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, what time's last call? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's completely different lives. I'm not exaggerating. When when we're off, he knows not to even call me because I'm not even going to be home. Call me on Monday night. Really? Yeah. Well, I text him. I won't call him. I'll text him because I know he can call me anytime. He knows I'm going to answer. He knows I'm doing, uh, you know, homework and science projects and all these things when we're not working. So Chad's one of those ones where I text him. I don't know what shenanigans he's up to, and he'll let me know. And then he coordinates with me when uh, he's done doing whatever bachelors do. Mm-hmm. Which is everything. Oh, my gosh. I, <laughs> I live through this guy. <laughs> I punch it up though. Like, I make my life sound better than it is. <laughs> he doesn't know I've ate the same box of pizza for four days at my house. <laughs> oh, I got the guy who has the podcast doesn't turn off his phone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right, well, guys, I, uh, I I learned a lot actually today. I had things I did not expect, and I I did maybe the most interesting thing uh, that I learned from you guys was being raised by different people. I didn't expect that and didn't even think to ask about it. Yeah, and I think that's why we're so different. My well, dad, yeah. our, my, our dad was a kind of aggressive biker guy, so my life was different than him. But you, I would, I would, I would put you, if I look at you, and, and I'm judging, mm-hmm. maybe not even judging, judging, just categorizing, I'm looking and going, biker. That's yeah, the first yeah. thing I'm going. And we don't even have motorcycles, and we won't ever have motorcycles. So um, we look at it, but we don't do anything maybe, dangerous. Maybe a scooter for you? Yeah, well, I got some. Yeah, we have bicycles <laughs> and all kinds of. Bicycles? Yeah. <laughs> Tandem? Yeah, sure. I got a little, uh, what do you call it, like a little uh, cart that I pull my little daughter in. And I'm telling you, I'm at the park. I'm doing all kinds of family shenanigans. This guy's doing none of that. What would be um, What would be your goal? What What do you guys want? Out of copy. You're 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 on the road. You're grinding it out. You're working as hard, if not harder, than anybody else. You've got to split the the costs a lot of the time mm-hmm. because you're a duo act. Uh, sometimes you tell your brother about an audition or a <laughs> job you get. Right. Um, what what would you want? Do you want to be in a in a movie? Do you want in movies? Do you want to be you know? The twin brothers on a TV show. Do you want to be the the, the family odd couple? Is there any any goal, or do you have different goals? 
It's probably a combination of both. Chad loves being on the road. Uh, I like the show part. I hate all the travel, the hotels. Chad loves the hotels. Why? Why? I don't even know. Um, just because my house, has, you know, I live in a house built in 1942. No one's there. I live alone. But it, when I'm at a hotel, I can talk to the maid. Hey, what's happening? <laughs> there's a bar in the, in the Sounds hotel. Sounds like there's a lot more to that story. Oh, uh, there, is. there is. We can't talk about it here. And, and, <laughs> and, but, but what I'm saying is I like the interaction, you know, and, and he doesn't like it. When we were on tour with Ralphie, he would always go home. And I would be like, I'm staying with Ralph. I, I'm not going home. I like this life. So, so to answer your question, I would like to tour. He would like us to be on a TV show and be in Burbank every day. So I got a question. So I've I've been through a divorce as well where we had to split time with my kids when you guys were split up by the judge. So was there no cross weekends where you, where you spent time at dad's and he spent time at mom's or or where you were together with each parent or, or what? I mean, I Every get other. the whole thing about staying with them for while you're being raised. But so there was no crossover. So every other weekend we would swap up. And so from Friday to Sunday. So we were with each other uh, every weekend uh, at a single parent's house. So the problem was, is uh, like you, like what you were saying, a divorce, sometimes it's swapped a uh, father gets every other weekend right. or mother for us. We had to do the transportation thing, meet up with each other. And then we would see each other from like, say Friday at 5 PM till Sunday night at 7 PM. And then we would just be depressed until we saw each other the next, the next oh, thing. Wow. And it's so weird that you're split up. That's, that's, I don't think it would happen today, and we can't. You know why they did it? So neither parent would pay the other one child support. They each took a burden, took a kid, and had to support it. But our dad didn't really support us. He was a biker and a you know and a, and a drug dealer and who God knows what. So he didn't. Uh, he had a way better childhood in my eyes, like you know, than, than I did. So it was great when I went to mom's. So house. do you when you see each other and you see each other every once in a while in that crossover area? Do you do you feel like hey we started closer and how how old were you when you were separated? Ten. ten. Oh, so you're ten. So it when you're cr- crossing paths, are you talking about hey this is what my life is like? Well, oh, we would compare life. school and then Chad missed our old school, so he would ask me about all these. Oh, so you old, stayed where you yeah, were. I stayed where I was. Chad moved oh, further away, and that's so horrifically done by the judge. Or it's horrible. Like we couldn't even believe it. Like to this day, we talk about it on stage sometimes. Like I can't believe they would do that to twins. No, no, that's that, that, there's your movie, guys. Yeah, that's your movie. Like that people wouldn't. I don't even know if people. Toledo, do you think people? Would even believe that today? Not today, no. Just it, because kids are so protected. I mean, even in this state, it's it's a. When I got divorced, it was such a mother centric state as far as the judge's ruling goes in a divorce and with with child custody. I don't think anything like that would happen now. Everybody is so overprotected. Well, after kids. two years, we had to move back in with each other. Like we, not to go too down the too far down the rabbit hole, but we were really missing each other. And there were yeah, psychologically, tearful, it had there to were affect some tearful you. Sunday nights where we were bummed out and we were experiencing sports without each other. And we were always on the same baseball team. Like, and so for those two years where I was on the Cubs and Chad was on the so-and-so team far away, it was just different. And so after two years, we, we literally sat our divorced parents down and said, we need to work something out whether, and uh, I went with dad. So I left mom and I went to the, Horrible. Not you went horrible. to the dark side for a while. Yeah. And then we ended up living with our dad for about two years. And then we both went back to my mom's for high school because we just couldn't function without each other. We missed each other terribly. Even I would have kept you kids together. That's what- <laughs> <laughs> I just I can't even fathom that. That's just blowing my mind at this point. Yeah. Uh, and really, I do think that's that's your story. That's a I mean. 
just to even tell that story. Uh, I, I mean, and you, you, I guess you Hollywood it up in some ways, and you make them like regular people mm-hmm. uh, right. as opposed to sure. stand-up comedians. But that's I, I don't. And the fact that's true, or maybe you just tell it as your own story. Maybe you do it as a documentary. I just feel like I'm having trouble wrapping my mind around it because I just think that's the most. That's the I just can't. It seems like the the antithesis of everything you should do in that situation. Mm-hmm. That the kids, especially it, even if you were five, ten years apart. I mean, you could maybe justify that in some way, but twins and people know that twins are finishing each other's sentences and yep. they're, uh, there's this weird bond that, you know, I only call it weird because it's not as uh, sure. prevalent, uh, you know, in, in terms of like single births. It's just it's a it's a it's a different thing. But I, I, I don't know. Well, that, there was pay phones back then. Uh, obviously, no cell phones. So I remember on the way home from school, we would take thirty-five cents, and we we knew the phone numbers on the phone booths, and we would we would call each other at a strategic time and and communicate with each other at phone booths, uh, so we could be like, "Hey, man, how I you forgot doing? about that." <laughs> I'm like, hey, "That's what? why we're here." Is that this podcast? Yeah, we've never shared. It's like therapy. I'm telling it? you, <laughs> totally. Am I right? This is a story. Oh, we've never shared this with anybody. Yeah, 100%. 100%. yeah, yeah. And, and I will hold this until you have the script written because. <laughs> Real, I'm I, I'm going here. I want to see this story. I, I'm not, and there might be times where I hear something and go, "That sounds okay." And you tell somebody, "Hey, that yeah, pretty good story." This is a story that people one might not believe, and two, once you tell the story, you go out and talk about the yeah. story, and it could lead to motivational speaking. I mean, you guys are missing. I'm sorry, yeah. but you guys are missing out on something. It's where I'm coming from in my comedy career right now, and it's what I try to do with the podcast and what I try to do everything in comedy. Instead of putting on the show, find the truth mm-hmm. because there's some stuff in truth. I'm, I'm, I'm actually emotional from hearing your story right now, and you should tell this, and you should figure out it, – it, it's not a stand-up show. It's a two-man show. Right. Sure. It's a one-person, one two-man, one-man show mm-hmm. is what it is. Right. And you could act that stuff out. We the, could. the the phone oh, yeah. calls, the, the 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 pay phones. You could the going with a dad. You play your dad character. You play your mom character, mm-hmm. and I think you have something really, really good there. And you guys are selling beer to to you know to, to make ends to make ends meet. <laughs> you are. have a great story. Don't get away from that. Peep, you can't beat truth. I promise you. That somebody – you get that uh, – I don't think you – you want to write it yourselves. You're writers. You write together. Voice memo each other mm-hmm. what this is and you have something really cool, very unique. I guess we just don't know who to pitch it to to make it happen. You, you, well, you, you got to write it. They'll find first. you. Yeah. The, the people will find you if you write something like that and start doing it on stage. Somebody will find you that can help you produce that. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Where's, where's uh, eight, you know, the eight mile? Eight plus eight. No, yeah. the, what were you saying? Oh, like the people who did eight mile, they saw, you know, Eminem's thing and they somebody ends up finding him and finding that story and that's how that gets written. No, I was sure. going for something. I know. I cheesier, thought you said eight mile. You were, I know, John. Better. That's why you're a producer. <laughs> they, no, I, I was, I, but I'm thinking like, you know, the, not a, Trying to think of the specific channels, but you can't even worry about that. Just tell the story because it's a good story. Nobody, yeah. nobody wanted to hear about Christian Gray until he's, you know, they started telling the stories, and it's out there, and people go, "I can't believe there are other people." Then you hear, you'll start to hear from people who've had 
these terrible decisions made and changed their lives too. Now all of a sudden you're in a, you're not just doing comedy, you're changing lives. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what the internet is that you know, a lot of Instagram and um, motivation, you can go speak to corporations. You got to be cleaner obviously, sure. but you go there and you tell the story and it, it's it, it's it is it's completely emotional. It's stuff that gets you care. I've liked I've liked everything else you've talked about. Mm-hmm. But I've loved Hearing that because there's pain that you've had to overcome and you're still together and you're fighting for a common good and you're on the road and you're you're still you're still both of you are passionate about something. Even with these hugely different lives, you're still fighting for a same goal. Oh, for sure. But that's your ending. That's your ending story is you write the story. It's your get shorty. You you tell the story at the end. I'm just and, amazed that you got this out of us. Like we've never really been forthcoming with this. And and, and when we leave here today, we'll be we'll be talking about this. But well, take it and take it a step further too, because I mean, with the with having kids and then not having kids, Corey, do you think you overcompensate with your daughters from oh, from yeah. the way like, that you were brought up? Totally. That's why I. I make so many sacrifices to probably in a negative way for my daughters. If there's something they need or to like, I, how many frozens did we buy? Remember the oh, movie? Yeah. Um, like uh, she was a baby and she'd snap in these things. And he's like, I would have been like, I'm not buying her another one. And this guy must have bought frozen 15 times. Well, my daughter was young, pulling it out of the DVD, a uh, little thing. And the, the DVD would snap in half. I, I must have bought her five, six, seven different. And I bought it a bunch of times. And But he is. He's a good dad. He's everything our parents weren't. But, but see, then as you as an uncle also, do you get it kind of, I mean, I know you're not that guy. I show up with two guy. boxes of ice cream. I'm everything right. that he doesn't let them do. Right. I, like, like when I take him to the mall. And he's like, "Oh, don't give him this. I buy him the biggest cookie, the the one that's as Again, big as a pizza." This is all made. This is all made for a, a script. This is made for a two person show. It's. I don't want to say you're missing the boat, guys, but you're missing a cruise ship. This is. <laughs> this is. Well, we've been on the Titanic our whole life. Like yeah. you know, we're, we're right, trying. I'm telling you right now. And if you don't get this, I'm going to suddenly have a twin, <laughs> okay, and yeah. I'm going to have this story. Perfect. Well, Hank, we'll, we'll Hank Caliendo, <laughs> and I. <laughs> Hank are, and Frank. Our rhyming first names uh, are going to be doing a two-person, one-man show. Start it. Don't get away from what you're doing as well, but start creating that show because as as much as people don't won't be twins, but they will relate. They will know things in their lives that'll have just enough. You'll touch that, and that emotion is what you go from. The emotion, the truth. You can't beat that. Mm-hmm. Not no matter what you talk about, and even even like you said, you 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 talk about him. He got the hugs and all this. There's a reason you probably didn't have kids. Oh, I'm sure that's you don't, right. don't want to. You're worried you'd put them in that I'm, same position. Uh, we've talked. We just talked about this uh, on the way here. Hundred percent. That that's exactly why. Hundred percent. And, and uh, I've always loved kids, and I knew I'd be a father. Chad, on the on the contrary, is is always been outrageous and. Uh, Selfish, but no, it's. I don't think you are selfish. I think you think you're selfish, but I think you're actually doing something because you don't want to end up being selfish in front of the kids. You don't want to put this. You don't want to put the kids in the same situation that I was. That's not selfish. No, that's that is that's something very different. It's Mm -hmm. that's having the understanding and having the 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 self awareness Mm -hmm. to say. Hey, which means you could probably f- be in that situation, but you you don't want to 
take the chance. Can 100%. I don't, see, I don't see any problem with that. I think that's a smart – like I've never done a drug in my entire life because if I started, I'd never stop. Sure. Right. That's where I, – I, I just know my addictive personality would put me in that situation. Mm-hmm. You think you're selfish. You label it that. And I don't want to say it's, it's easier not to have kids, but it is easier not to have kids. Yeah. And you're making a smart decision. You're mm-hmm. making a smart decision. It would be very hard for you. You could do it. But the payoff would be you constantly being stressed. Am I going to fall off this mm-hmm. cliff? Am I going to ruin somebody's life? Yep. And you don't want it. And it's better that you don't because not everybody needs to. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. And there's nothing wrong with it. But that there's – I'm telling you. And I know I keep telling you I'm telling you. But there's so much to these stories. Start, start voice messaging each other back and forth. Mm-hmm. And create this and have it be your side project. While you're going in the car, where you're in the car, you're writing your act. If you're not, you're, you're awake. We know that. <laughs> so spend the time a little bit each day. Just create and talk about truth. You can't beat it. You cannot. And, and some, some of your original fans, you'll gain different fans. Mm-hmm. You'll gain a different uh, – and you're looking for that thing that puts you and changes your career. I, you never know what's going to work. But that's got the best chance, guys. Yeah, boy, I'm I'm totally inspired right now. I, I you're, it's you. You're the ones who are inspiring. Well, it's we not, never we never not me. You brought it out because we never would have talked about that. Like this is something <laughs> that we talk about. Like him and I. Like uh, a new bit that we're gonna do tonight, for instance. It's something that we just started doing because it came up on a podcast. Is what at the time when we got separated at ten, we were so I wouldn't say out of control, but we were acting out, and we actually started prank phone calling. That was and, our way of uh, not. Rebe- rebelling against our parents but that's how we when we got together we were these two little bad kids and we prank we prank called an acupuncturist called in a bomb threat and we got arrested at, at 10 years old for three felony count extortion because they actually delivered the ten thousand dollars to and when the, the cops place. realized we were kids that they were la- we were they were laughing hysterically when they came to our house we almost got away with ten thousand we're not exaggerating they <laughs> threw ten thousand dollars in there that we grabbed it and then the bomb squad arrested us and everything and um and 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 but the, the but the moral of the story is we wouldn't have been doing that i think if we were raised differently we wouldn't have been trying to get ten thousand dollars the reason we needed ten thousand dollars is because we really needed you needed bunk beds yeah yes. I, we really did not need bunk beds listen i'm i'm telling you take make major points i I, I, I'm Toledo. Correct me if I'm wrong. This whole podcast, no, 100. percent And what we go every at the beginning, there's a lot of stuff I liked, enjoyed. But I'm going to say to Toledo, cut, 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 cut. <laughs> get that story up because yeah. that's yeah. that's I, I I want people to hear that early on. You get a little bit of bio, a little bit. I don't I don't care. I, I mean, it, it's interesting to me that you guys chose, uh, uh, you know, the Super Bowl thing and you went that different way. That leads me to a little bit. But you get to this story about being separated, your family bringing you together, bombing, you know, fake bomb calls. There's so much there, so interesting. And now you've brought me in not as just a, a person who wants to maybe see your comedy, but you see me – I see – two people I want to see succeed. Mm. And that's a big difference. That's what the that's the motivation. That's where people care and that's the extra little thing. I'm t- I know I keep telling, <laughs> telling you. But you you were looking for that thing. Mm-hmm. That's it because you can go on a whole different circuit. You go on morning television. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Frank's right about truth because there are a lot of comedian well, people in general that are afraid of truth. 
And, you know, I happen to work on a radio show that, that highlights truth every day in, in, its, in its absurdity. And there's a lot of absurdity in what you guys have gone through that you can bring out in your comedy. And I've seen you guys enough that I know you do it. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about it here, but I know that you guys bring it up in your comedy. But people that, that shy away from truth, like Frank is saying, they, they typically don't have that kind of success. But once you, once you highlight a truth, any truth... You can get there. Well, we talked about doing this as a book. That's what we've always talked about. But, but, but people know, don't but read books. I know, and, that, and that's why we haven't you, done it. You do your one-person show. You put it up in a theater. You get a, you, it, People who watch daytime stuff will eat this stuff up. Mm-hmm. The internet will eat this stuff up. That's another thing I talked about with a bunch of people that you, you start looking at the, these newer, these younger generations – they see through some of the garbage. Some of them get they get sold on it and see the the, the the but it's the vaudevillian show stuff is gone. Yeah, it's not it's not for I, I, in the time I've been changing my act. And I bring this up all the time. The old fans that are going to die off don't like me as much with the things I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Your comedy can be looser. You watch the Dave Chappelle's. You watch the Bill Burrs. There aren't joke jokes anymore. That really it's it's feeling and where people come from. You're funny, but you. If you can grab people emotionally, and you, the best way to do that is with the truth. You know, people say the funniest things come from truth mm-hmm. and tragedy. You guys have huge, huge tragedy in your life that you've turned around, and you're both successful people. You're do, making, you know, things could have gone very badly, especially oh, for you, Corey or Chad. Who? I can't <laughs> oh yeah, it's I mean, true. You're and, dead on. And people even said these guys will end up in prison or dead. We would hear that. We and that's that. and think about that. Think about that could be an act in the play in prison or dead. And then you go to the phone call. <laughs> you know, we almost and that's how we almost went to prison. Yeah, As so how old were you at that time? Uh, uh, ten. It was yeah. fifth. Grade. That was ten. That was the ten. The judge even said she goes, "What did she tell you, Corey? Because she pulled you in first, and then she tells Corey, where'd you learn this?'" And, and I told her TV. I said we saw that they were. It was like an extortion on TV, and she was like, "You saw all this on TV." She goes, "But why?" And he's and like, I, "And I hit, and I told her the truth. I was like, my parent, our parents are divorced, and we were trying to help our mom with some money, and and we, you know, we we're in hard times." And uh, the judge gave us community service. Actually, at ten, you were given community service. We had to go. To we had to fire, wash. Fire, okay, fire, 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 costume wash, uh, change. You walk <laughs> out. You're your ten year old characters. Yes. You're on uh, yes. the side of a road picking up trash. Yep. And you write a bit about that and it's i mean there's you 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 dive into it and you um exaggerate some parts sure oh yeah but there's so much richness in there Mm -hmm. there's so much again if you guys don't do this no we're going i'm selling it to the sklar no No, we are when we leave here listen we're gonna be on the road a lot the next couple weeks this yeah and we'll i mean we'll actually hold this a little bit i i i i i'd rather do that you guys get going um we're going to work on it. You've you've inspired us. It, it, I'm, a I'm hero. kind of shocked right now that you've pulled that out of us. It's something that we've kind of, and we've even been to therapy and never talked about it, and so. we've kept it kind of close to our hearts because we didn't feel like it was interesting to anybody to it's share. It's hugely interesting, and sometimes the things that you don't think are interesting, I think, don't judge that stuff. And when you write this, just put it all out there and let people. Uh, narrow the things down for you. Go do extra stuff and then make the cuts after that. Put all the stuff in. You guys didn't. You guys didn't give up the extortion plot right away. Mm. Think about that. There's yeah. nobody has that. It, again, 
if it didn't happen, you think it's in the movie. I mean, that's it's just oh, yeah. it's so sad and tragic that it's wonderful. Like you wouldn't even believe it. There was helicopters, robots, bomb squads. <laughs> yeah, like, they seriously. had it on a cassette tape. He hit play, or when they came to the door, the cops were like boom, 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 and 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 my mom, she's like, "What did you guys do?" And they're like, "Ding dong." She opens up the door, and they're like, uh, "Yeah, do you have uh, twin sons?" My mom goes, "No." My mom stri- she had our I- back. She said, "No, they're all step aside." And then they found <laughs> us underneath our bunk beds and pulled us out because we were hiding in our bunk beds. <laughs> Wait a second! They went straight to the bunk bed, right to our room. Of course, you're in the bunk bed. Yeah, we well, we didn't know hide. where else to hide, and we were hiding, and our feet were sticking out. <laughs> and they pulled us out, and he's all, "They're kids." And he he radioed. He, and he goes, "They're kids." That we were children. He just shook his head. He he radioed through, and there were chuckles across the radio because they couldn't believe that kids pulled off this. Because they've got to feel stupid at that point. They like were, they didn't even. They know. were fooled because we. I mean, we're not as good as you, but we're doing doing voices and said <laughs> did you we, put something over the phone yeah he yeah. did what and did it, you put like a kerchief no i that you was, stole it, it like a, it was a t-shirt and i'm biker remember, towel no, a t-shirt yeah. over it and it was like on a felix the cat phone with the, the eyes i mean the they should have known he said i'm gonna blow you to smithereen <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait a second said that. there's that was, a there's a bomb threat from a guy from the 50s yes <laughs> and 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 uh and so you know what our punishment was this is the greatest part for us they made us uh, wash fire engines and they made us wash the dalmatian at the fire station so all we really got to do is hang out with a bunch of guys cool that were guy. cooler than our dad, <laughs> and we get to hear them watch them play horseshoes and hang out and play with a dog all day. We, they taught us how to play poker, and yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. We couldn't wait to go do our punishment on Saturday. <laughs> it was community service, big brother, big sister program is what it was, essentially, because you had... That's what I think the judge was doing. Absolutely. And we got street cred because they would come to our school. Uh, the police would pull us out of our class for the whole next year. And ask us if we were being good boys. <laughs> I got to be honest, guys. You're pathetic for not using <laughs> oh, what are we, Well, we just never thought about it. We just what always. You been, you, you're driving, sleeping in parking lots, and you have an incredible story. We just didn't think anybody would want to hear our real life story. I'm telling you, I've done a bunch of podcasts with really great people, and this is one of my favorite things. I, I, again, listen, I, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to bash the smash here, but you're you're interesting and funny at the beginning where we were. This is uh, five different levels. Wow. It's different. It's in it, it, Toledo. You, you agree, right? I mean, it's just without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. You're, you you said you look for. You don't always look to make people laugh. With this story, you're not just going to make people laugh. You're going to make people cry. Oh, I'm sure. It's going to take time. Oh, it'll hit home for a lot of people. There's a yeah. lot of people that have similar circumstances. Not exactly the same, obviously. Yeah. But All it needs is little pieces yeah. that people can identify with. And that tear starts to well up and you're right there. And I just – you got it. I mean it's – start on it. Um, I'm shocked you got this out of us. <laughs> I know no. we're gonna we might cry the whole way back to the hotel. <laughs> you're you're getting a little weepy. Oh, just it's just crazy. I've, I've been I've fought back three or four times, but I these guys look so tough. I don't want to. It's just well, no. and we're softies, but you know, uh, I just can't believe we've never been forthcoming with this story. It's just we honestly really thought that it's so emotional to us that, and it's like a. Um, I may cry, but a, a heartstring situation to where we didn't want to share. But man. Frank, Jesus. <laughs> you have to think – okay, you have to think of it differently. This is what I've been learning to. Think of all the people that go through, whether it's similar or whatever, that you can inspire mm. with your story. That's the difference. You're sure. thinking of it in terms of, oh, if people find this boring, I don't want to – 
it's tough to talk about. But when people go and when they, when they hear that, and you're not, you know, you're actually, and you can get this different feeling of, from your entire life. It's that it's the gift of giving. Like you love to get a present. Laughter is a present, mm-hmm. but the gift of giving is the story you're telling. Think of it that way, and you can change people's lives. And I've seen. I've been on podcasts with Ed Milet and some other people. Um, uh, Pat McAfee is that way. They're inspirational people. They change how you even will look at little pieces of life. And you don't understand how much that can affect people. Once you see it happen, you're like, oh, this isn't a gimmick. People actually do this and this changes people Mm -hmm. and it changes your outlook. It's, it's It's as different as when you become a parent. Um, and you, or you sober up, and yeah, right. and you you have a different outlook than what you went into it with, and you go, it 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 just the only word I can say is change, and it's change for the better, and you end up going wow, and then you see other people affected by it, you hear from those people, and that's that's when you you know that hashtag winning happens, right. Like I'm so inspired, right? Yeah, you <laughs> right should be. Now. I mean, wow. it's you. I, yeah, man. it's interesting. Uh, I. I'm just kind of blown back that we've shared this story. All right, well, I'm done with you guys. So uh, <laughs> that's I've got I've got the gem. We'll just we'll just hold on to it for a while because I can't wait to pe- for people to hear about this. So people can find you uh, local phone booths, parking lots, sure. Uh, where in social media? Uh, Corey and Chad, C O R Y, the letter N C H A D. Corey and Chad, and uh, yeah, you can find us. That's on all, on all, social, all media. social media. Yeah, all social media, and it's all one word. And you can find us at a local comedy club. We're just touring as much as we can. Wonderful. So, okay, guys, thank you very much. Hey, thanks Thanks for having me. Get out of here. Get writing. Yeah. uh, Or voice voice texting each other. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. The way it sounds to me is you guys talk to each other about this a lot, but didn't get it out there. And it's just, it's just the fact. And now, sometimes it's just breaking that ice for you to go, hey, other people find this interesting. Wow. I didn't. Yeah. The truth. Come from truth. You're not going to lose. Uh, unless the PC police are there. Wow. Well, we appreciate it. Thanks, yeah. for Thanks guys. Me. High fives. That means don't talk over me. 